Namaste, and welcome to our continuing series on Savitri. Savitri is the message, as always, with our beloved Alakbhai. We are in a difficult passage this time, <laughs> the way of fate and the problem of pain. And I will read oh, a little bit about the avatar and get to that line. The immortal bound to earth's mortality, appearing and perishing on the roads of time, creates God's moment by eternity's beats. He dies that the world may be newborn and live. Even if he escapes the fiercest fires, even if the world breaks not in a drowning sea, only by hard sacrifice is high heaven earned. He must face the fight, the pang who would conquer hell, a dark, concealed hostility is lodged in the human depths, in the heart of time, that claims the right to change and mar God's work. A secret enmity ambushes the world's march. It leaves a mark on thought and speech and act. It stamps stain and defect on all things done. Till it is slain, peace is forbidden on earth. There is no visible foe, but the unseen is round us. Forces intangible besiege, touches from alien realms, thoughts not our own, overtake us and compel the erring heart. Our lives are caught in an ambiguous net. An adversary force was born of old, invader of the life of mortal man. It hides from him the straight, immortal path. A power came in to veil the eternal light. A power opposed to the eternal will diverts the messages of the infallible word, contorts the contours of the cosmic plan, a whisper lures to evil the human heart. It seals up wisdom's eyes, the soul's regard. It is the origin of our suffering here. It binds earth to calamity and pain. This all must conquer who would bring down God's peace. This hidden foe lodged in the human breast Man must overcome or miss his higher fate. This is the inner war without escape. This is a powerful passage, and the passage is about the world redeemer. Shubhinda has not used the word avatar, but it's about the avatar, the world redeemer who comes to change the world. And it applies to all who have this aspiration to change this world. That's also comes all of us, all of as us well, who aspire. So normally people have this idea 
that once you come to the ashram or you take to the yoga wherever you are you have a very peaceful wonderful life all is quiet everything is uh, this is an illusion this is an illusion if there ever was an illusion if, this if, is it yeah, this is it <laughs> in fact the war intensifies because outside you are still warring with forces which seem to be outside us there is the enemy outside it's in the next door neighbor or maybe you know few miles away it's some other religion some other uh, caste some other country but here all that comes inside and all who want to bring the heaven here to bring down that god's peace must face the enemy within even to recognize him is difficult because our usual insincerity keeps on finding outside everybody outside is at fault so this is how the story goes and shubhendu describes i'll just read from page 446 because it's a very touching passage and it comes on a very interesting day 31st december so when we speak about the old and the new it's not about the year that's a convention it's about the old consciousness and the new consciousness that is the real struggle and if we cannot discard the old and embrace the new then years and eons may pass it will just be yet another year and if we have the courage and the sincerity to embrace the new and discard the old then we transit over so all these are moments of transition and shubindo <clears throat> a million wounds gape in his secret heart whose secret heart the world redeemer's heart <laughs> he comes to redeem the world but he must pay the price with his own blood he journeys sleepless through the un- through an unending night antagonist forces crowd across his path a siege a combat is his inner life arjav when he was asked by someone a british mathematician poet of course and he was asked by somebody what all you people are doing here he said you won't understand still say something maybe we'll try to understand he said we are if i tell you that we are fighting with our own ego would you understand so this concept doesn't exist because outside life is driven by outside by i don't mean a geographical space but the average life is driven by uh, desires opinions uh, conventions social and otherwise and one is because there is a certain degree of comfort in that that comfort comes from numbers And likes likes and dislikes yeah likes and dislikes and this is the life which everybody leads so it's understood but the moment you want to try a new way of life a beautiful way of life not new which is fashion then all these forces which are holding the earth in this way they attack and that's what he describes here even worse maybe the cost direr the pain behind the smile of the divine sometimes you know mother has described niruddha described shurabindo and the mother you know they gave laughter scattered the smile on everybody but deep inside what they went through it's unimaginable if you read on the samadhi what mother yeah. has written how he suffered all endured all achieved all for us one small incidents which tells us that you know when mother would the soup ceremony mm. and we should she would uh, concentrate on a bowl and then taste it and then pass it on now in india it's called charnamrit or you know prashad 
and something very beautiful and she was not just making it into a prasad but pouring her consciousness into it and somebody in that close circle remarked that but this is unhygienic and shubindo under his breath used the word brutes hardly has used this word you know but brutes this was the kind of pathetic kind of humanity with which one has to deal with and therefore he says even worse may be the cost direct the pain his large identity and all harboring love shall bring the cosmic anguish into his depths the sorrow of all living things shall come and knock at his doors and live within his house so we have the story of the mother where chinmay what was her first name she was uh, sheikh hadars um ibrahim's dara sister so she was and mother says those who are close to me are often seized by these forces because they can't attack the mother so they attack these beings and she used to get the urge to push mother down and the mother knew it very well and still she would take such care for this girl and somebody asked her why do you do this she says where will she go this was her answer where will she go so this is the kind of love a dreadful cord of sympathy can tie all suffering into his single grief and make all agony in all the world his own he Maybe meets you could talk a little bit about nirod baran saying why do you have to go through this yes, since yes, you are the avatar yes. avatar that's on 5 december i mean before that uh, when he sees that shurbindo seems to be completely fine one moment and then again he seems to take a dip so he asked him that uh, we have seen you cure i myself have seen you cure thousands of cases just by applying your force because niruddha he would write to shurbindo guru this is the problem that is the problem and he has seen thousands of time that shurbindo with his force is curing people so he asked him that um, why don't you cure yourself <clears throat> are you not applying your force on your own body and shubindo's curt answer was no but why he says can't explain you won't understand and he was absorbing all the poison of the world you know inconscient entire because he had seen the background was in 45 46 47 just 45 the second world war ended technically and all the fumes then the partition all this anguish and the mother saw that so much she was pouring on the disciples around and the children around but nobody was receiving very few were receiving that's how the evening classes came to a close very few people know this because she felt that nobody is there documented that you know she realized saw that you know nobody is ready to receive what she is giving and there is a very touching conversation Uh, regarding that but then she went into she didn't blame human beings went into the consciousness to see what is resisting and she saw the inconscient and she describes he saw it but instead of blaming he took it upon himself and that's why when shubindo physically withdrew she says that you know um, if the earth were it is the lack of receptivity of the earth and humanity which led to his withdrawal 
if the earth were more receptive this would not have been necessary so this is the great uh, sacrifice and i only hope that you know we become for 12 men only yes, 12 people yes, yes. he couldn't get 12 he meets an ancient adversary force he is lashed with the whips that tear the world's own heart he has to take upon himself all the difficulties of human nature in all its shades and varieties the weeping of the centuries visits his eyes he wears the blood glued fiery centaur's shirt we know centaur are those mythical creatures you know who fight the battle and then the blood yud the poison of the world has stained his throat this is the story of shiva but it's a story where which applies everybody who carries within himself something of the shivatva and everybody carries something of shivatva and something of krishna's and even because without that shivatva you cannot have the leela of krishna so you have to go through that poison in the marketplace of matter's capital amidst the shufferings of the affair called life what a word he has used he is tied to the stake of a perennial fire he burns on an unseen original verge that matter may be turned to spirit stuff he comes bound into the bazaar of matter and says here i am i am reminded of uh, a play i used to watch uh, every year we used to stage a play at my place my parents used to stage uh, some plays and one of them was uh, the story of raja harishchandra so the line that used to touch me was that he gives away everything kingdom clothes money and still he is not able to fulfill the debt or rather the promise that he has made to sage vishwamitra so there is a scene it it is etched in my memory where he goes into the market the king and he says that harishchandra khada hai bazar mein i am standing in the market you pay the price and take me he becomes a slave to the uh, chandal the people who burn you know they are even now they are called dom rajas up subsequently the uh, he says that you take so he keeps him as a you know as a hired not even a hired slave a slave so he can't take money from him but why because he must bring the power of truth into that abyss and darkness that is how ultimately about kashi it is said that you know um, shiva is so happy with this tapasya that he says anybody who dies in this place will get moksha now the story is very significant he had no business he comes from a great family he has just promised in dream he could easily say oh, it's okay i mean don't act so funny but here is a man who loses everything to the last vanishing point why because that light of truth one person's strategic sacrifice awakens the response of truth in the earth he is the victim in his own sacrifice so he sacrifices you ask him <laughs> whom are you sacrificing i am sacrificing myself he is the victim the immortal bound to earth's mortality he realizes he is realizes immortality when people speak of things like should be the 5th december or mother 17th november it's the most foolish statement i have ever heard he is immortal and when somebody wanted to send a press note Uh, that you know the mortal remains of shirbindo will be interned in the samadhi 
Amal Kiran went to show it to mother and mother struck it. There is nothing mortal about Shurabindo. Every cell of his is immortal. And this is so true if you read through the experiences long before. And yet he chose to go through the passage of death so that all his cells can enter into earth and impregnate it with light. That is the big secret and you yeah. have revealed it. Yeah, so that it can be impregnated with light. He had no reason. He could have gone ahead with his own realizations and transformations and said, here, the first one is ready, but you can't see it. You can't catch me. But he chose to do it so that all the gains of his body, the essence, look at the great sacrifice, all the inner essence he passed on to the mother and the very body he mingled with the earth, merged with the earth, body of the earth. So that all that he had accumulated here enters into it and you know it becomes a Yajnavedi. That's how the Samadhi is a Yajnavedi for that very reason. Because it's lit by the fire in his own body. It's a very different kind of Yajnavedi. It's not just a psychic fire. But a fire in matter, in the very cells which lights it up. Aurobindo yes. Basu was here during the time of Sri Aurobindo's passage. And he said to me, not only was he golden, the whole courtyard yes. was golden. And it was golden for five days. So this was the this is the kind of you know sacrifice. Why? Because it can be generalized. So that the as many people as possible can get the yoga. Creates the immortal bound to earth's mortality. Appearing and perishing on the roads of time. Born, died. That's how we document in history. Appearing and perishing on the roads of time creates God's moment by eternity's beats. He dies that the world may be newborn and live. Now if you look at the history and this, some people don't understand it. Look at the history of this earth. Okay, you will, if you want to know something, you'll have to search encyclopedia, Google search, what all happened. But few things have got so much est in the memory of the race that you cannot erase it. Ask somebody, Noah's Ark, the great deluge, yes, it is there. But even that people may doubt. Ask about Christ and Rama and Buddha, it has gone inside the race. They cannot be erased. It's like something which is... Deep inside, they are the God moments. It doesn't matter. People may not know, they may debate what Rama did, Krishna did and Buddha did, what, what, what really the sacrifice of Christ meant, but it has gone into that, so deep into the collective psyche of the race. This is the proof. Everything else is washed away. Imagine from the Mahabharata, all the great warriors, people doubt, was there really a character called Arjuna? Could he really do these things, feats? And people may debate, but the Gita continues to live in the heart of humanity, continues to inspire. And this same thing we see with Sri Aurobindo. His Leela has just begun. That's why the mother, when she described Sri Aurobindo's birth, she used the term eternal birth. And then she explained it, the meaning of eternal birth. And says it's a birth that records from age to age. It is a birth which whose memory... Remains forever. As long as earth is there, the memory will be there. And spiritually, it is the birth of the eternal upon earth. 
So all of them she describes. This is eternal birth. These are the God moments. And it's strange because eternal is unborn. And yet he takes a birth and seems to die. But when he touches earth, he leaves a spark which cannot be erased. That's what he is describing. Creates God moments. He dies that the world may be newborn and live. And you see in all the avatars and Shurabindo's story very clearly, look at the pre first half of the previous century. Forget all other evidences. We may doubt who did it. Okay, fine. But of course, if somebody foresaw and said at that point of time that I am putting my force, then it is evidence enough. But look at the first half of the previous century and look at the next half. What a change. Unimaginable change. So during that narrow passage, he saved earth, India and the world, opened the door. Imagine where we would have been, I mean, if he wouldn't have shown a new possibility. All this he did and then the body, the last strategic sacrifice, lo, it is finished. Even if he escapes the fiercest fires, even if the world breaks not in, a drowning sea, only by hard sacrifice is high heaven earned. You can't, this is the law of evolution. If you are not willing to leave behind the old on the verge of the new year, you cannot have the new. You, you can't, you know, you can linger on two steps for some time. But if you want to move, you have to take the feet off the previous step and move to the next one. This is the basic law. Of all creation, even if you are walking on the level earth, if you want to keep both the feet on ground, one here, one there, means you will not walk. <laughs> as simple as that. If you want to walk, the very process teaches us. Lift the feet which is behind, place it forward. Lift this one, place it forward. This is the way one walks. There is no other way. So this hard sacrifice. What is it? What is it being asked of us to sacrifice? The strange part is, Shubhendra is not asking us to give all our money and give this or that, you know. He is saying give the ego, give the desires, <laughs> the old way of life, the selfishness, the meanness, the pettiness, the littleness. Give that, the old consciousness, that's all. And what he is going to give in return is the new consciousness. <laughs> Delight, love, peace, beauty, ananda, wisdom. But this is the problem. Something stops us. And that's what he has been pointing the real problem. He must face the fight, the pang who would conquer hell. That's why when people start speaking about, you know, world unity, let's have, you know, people do all kinds of things. This unity march. Then they, they create a, you know, place with the name unity. They have these unity readings. It cannot come by these means. It can come only when man is ready to take the fight and fight to the finish. And ready to embody the new. And as many people who will do it, they will add to the real unity. And not these external measures. Sri repeatedly reminded us, it's no use doing these external measures. The real thing is inside. So to read Sri and the mother, to live the teachings, to follow the path, to walk the way, this is the path. They never said that you can create unity by doing a unity march. People do it. That's okay. It's like keeping a candle vigil <laughs> for the night. Do it if you want to do. But this is not going to change the world. Why? Because a dark, concealed hostility is lost in the human depths, in the hidden heart of time. It is 
dark, it is concealed. You can't see it. It is so carefully hidden, neatly folded, packaged and dropped inside. That claims the right to change and mar God's work. A secret enmity ambushes the world's march. It leaves a mark on thought and speech and act. Enmity to whom? To the divine. Somebody asked the mother. Because uh, these terms Shurabindra used the word enemies of the divine. And the mother asked, was asked, Mother, who can be enemy of the divine? Divine is everywhere in everything. So she explains that though in the, the divine in the unmanifest is beyond everything. But in the manifestation he is moving forward. Those who want to come in the way of the forward march, who stop, who don't want the manifestation of the true, the beautiful, the, the luminous, they are the enemies. In the sense that one is the divine, the second is the work of the divine. So they come and mar the work of God. So they are the enemies of the divine. It's the same. I mean, you can't say divine has no enemies, therefore I'll do whatever I want to do. <laughs> he has a work. There is a work which is taking place here. And she described when she was asked about falsehood. So she says that one is people lie sometimes. She said that's a different thing. It's normally a habit some people have. Of course, you shouldn't lie. Never tell a lie. But that's one part. But she says, what is the real falsehood, dangerous falsehood, where you oppose the divine? Oppose the divine within, in speech and act, and oppose the divine in the world march. And there she writes, she reminds us of the lines in Savitri, missing souls marked missing in the register of the gods. Because when you do that kind of deed, world may say whatever, it doesn't matter, it may award you and say, oh, you are so, what an intellectual hypothesis, but you are marked missing in the register of the god. It, an opportunity which was given to evolve, to change, has been lost for quite some time. Eventually one will emerge, but that's a different process. So, there is this hostility. It stamps stain and defect on all things done. This is the action of the adverse forces. So she was asked, uh, she says they are like censors and actually they were originally instruments of sincerity. But what they become is, they keep on reminding you, they, are, they become the hypercritical voice reminding you, this wrong, this bad, this wrong, this bad, this evil, this. So at the end of the day, they just point out towards everything that is defective and augment it. And then mother says, one thing they miss and that is grace. They don't believe in grace. Grace can change everything in one moment, but they don't believe in grace. Their purpose is stamp defect. You know, in a um, manufacturing unit, at the end you have stamped, passed through. They keep on small little thing. They'll point out this back. Again, this, so they stamp defect and stain all things done. But they can entice also. Oh, their most dangerous way is imitation. That's why religions became a hotbed of the very opposite for which they stood. Look at Christ and Christianity. Look at the founder of Islam and what do you call it? Mohammedanism or Islam or whatever you want to call it. Look at even Krishna and the way people are made out of Krishna in all the 
dance places and parties everywhere yeah it's a sad story you know krishna being reduced to just having a dance and even we have party people even justify things but what is krishna's life of sacrifice when you look at krishna's life uh, especially you know if you read <coughs> kem munshi's he has written eight volumes unfortunately he couldn't finish the whole thing but when you read especially volume 2 you realize what human pain and agony he must have gone through we only say anand kalal and he is smiling sweetly growing imagine a man 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 is a way of saying who before birth the devil is chasing him and who is out to kill him in the picture you see very nicely that you know putna and putna falls flat but imagine what a child would have gone through he has taken a human body later on it's a miracle but you know when you go through that pain the agony whose own maternal uncle is against him wants to kill him <laughs> that is the life they go through the world redeemer she or bindu's life is such a parallel we have talked about it to sri krishna there is till it is slain peace is forbidden on earth again take the life of lord rama and take the life of christ rama he conquered look at the paradox he conquered the ten headed asura but he was defeated by somebody in his own kingdom a commoner a washerman because what does he reply to him rakshasa he could conquer asuras because this this was within the house it's such a symbolic story how will he prove what will he, i mean this was the way he used technically a legal loophole out of revenge that you know somebody's wife this happened and this is the decision your younger brother had taken what do you decide now now he is caught in a you know either he has to set the example of the highest dharma ras dharma or say well i am a king i know everything is good so see christ who crucified him his own people i mean they were all around those he came to redeem they become his enemy hard is the world redeemer's heavy task the world becomes his adversary adversary those he would save are his antagonist the world is in love with its own ignorance there is no visible foe but the unseen is round us forces intangible with bcs they are moving around waiting for a point of entry touches from alien realms thoughts not our own overtake us and compel the erring heart and this is a very important yes. two lines extremely important touches from alien realms thoughts that are not our own overtake us and they even compel the erring heart things we would normally are, that's not how a person normally would think or act or feel and suddenly is overtaken by these even many of these psychologically ill people they are overtaken by these it's not that they are that's why it's good to always regard these things as external to you that's how shubindu says if you regard anger is my nature it's me then they will completely overpower keep on saying it's a foreign element and i don't want it stand back and say this not me yes then they will eventually leave you must have seen so much of this in your practice oh plenty 
I have seen a man actually stand on my table right in front and dance till the whole glass broke and an army major from infantry I was sitting here and watching not knowing what because I can't run away which way to run the door is that side so this is just this is of course a funny example but such things and when they come back to normalcy they are different person altogether completely that time it's an alien personality which takes up and they don't know they are helpless victims of these forces of course their fault is that they opened the door through usually some vanity extreme selfishness narrowness vanity self conceit lack of humility these are the things that open the door isn't it sometimes also the taste for forbidden fruit that if it is excessive yes but jealousies jealousies are known you see there's there's a whole syndrome named after it with fantastic names jealousies all kinds of these delusions they they overtaken then in their movies made shakespeare's play and they just completely cover your thought and everything feelings an adversary force was born of old invader of the life of mortal man this is the old the asura is the old the rakshasa is the old the animal is the old the beast is the old the dinosaur is the old the reptile is the old and man who harbors them and lives by them is the old and what is the new that which is yet to come the god like impulsion the divine movement the spirit of sacrifice love that is willing to give itself completely in the flames and go through the process through the fire of purification light that is undimmed through the ages truth that doesn't cast a shadow these are the new so old and the new to make a choice a power came in to veil the eternal light it hides from him the straight immortal path a power came in to veil the eternal light a power opposed to the eternal will diverts the messages of the infallible word infallible word is the divine will in man the divine impulsion word that vibration there is the divine impulsion and there is a power which diverts it completely gives it a different twist a turn and we lose the track contorts the contours of the cosmic plan see it's very interesting shubindu uses the word with such precision it cannot eventually efface or that destiny it cannot wipe away what it can do is contorts Contort. the contours of the cosmic plan so you have a you know beautiful image just imagine that you you have a paper you know on which you have a nice diagram drawing plan cosmic plan and this this being comes picks it up crushes it plan is still there you just can't efface it but it's contorted you have to straighten it out to once again get to the whole thing it you cannot trim, take it away but it contorts so when you try to travel it looks you are traveling the straight line but actually you have deviated that's how it does you know when you contort 
He whisper lures to evil the human heart. It seals up wisdom's eyes, the soul's regard. How does the soul look at things? How does the soul regard life? Very differently from how our ego-bound mentality. It is the origin of our suffering here. It binds earth to calamity and pain. So this is the real cause. And if we really want, when you know people formed this group called World Union, three people had joined together and formed. They asked mother a message. Now behind the scene what is going on is they are fighting among themselves. So <laughs> mother knew, she said also, and they cannot have harmony within themselves. They want to create harmony in the world. So she gave a message like that. If you want to establish peace upon earth, first have peace within yourself. If you want to have harmony upon earth, first have harmony amongst you. This is a small little group. You can't have harmony because there is constant... Why we can't have harmony? The ego wants it your way. And you are not ready to enlarge, widen, look afresh. And if you do that, there is no problem. But the ego wants it its own way. This all must conquer who would bring down God's peace. So the mother at one place in agenda describes establishing peace within is easy. You can call peace. and Here she is speaking about the cosmic peace, harmony upon earth. She says that people have run away because they realize the difficulties. She says that is not enough. Inside I have the peace and that is relatively easy to find the divine presence inside. But to establish, when you enter into the world play and the world march and the world battle, the Kuru Shetra, through which the Dharma Shetra will evolve, <laughs> is the field of Dharma, evolving Dharma. Shivinda describes it as Dharma Shetra, Kuru Shetra, the field of evolving Dharma through the battlefield. This hidden foe lost in the human breast, very carefully it is hidden inside so that we won't see. But God is also hidden inside. And when Shivanda describes about God hidden inside, he in finding of the soul, he says, God's last refuge from a profaning thought. So he is, hides himself in the cavern of nature. He hides in the cavern of nature. He is found in the thought where he builds up the thought. He is found in the mind where he builds up the thought. Why is it in here? Because otherwise man's mind profanes it. How does it profane it? He finds God outside immediately. First thing he does is makes a mazar or something. And he says, now give money. Thoughts, profaning touch. Then he builds philosophies, systems. Then he claims that I am the sole custodian of this philosophy. <laughs> and then he fights with other philosophies. Now, strange part is within the same. You have philosophies which are fighting with each other. And have one you? copyrights the name. Copyrights the name. <laughs> Yes, one copyrights the name. Strange, even yes. yoga. People yes. have copyrighted even words, integral yoga and divine life. You'll be surprised that Shubhinder never imagined that there is a need for copywriting such a thing. But somebody else has done it. Not Shubhinder's followers. Not Shubhinder's disciples. Some other movement. <laughs> they have copyrighted divine life. They have copyrighted integral yoga. Just imagine. God will say, okay, but 
sect. You can't be a candidate to divine life because you don't belong to this sect. You belong to Shirobindo. Copyright is a con- how foolish human thought can be. How foolish it can be. So we use these words. I am engaged in sadhana. That also people use the word. I am engaged in sadhana, but I don't see mother's victory. When will it come? I see all the time that people outside. This happens to them. That happens to them. So, <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> Joking? <laughs> we are engaged in sadhana. Who told you to look outside? What's happening in people's life and who is winning what? First of all, it's difficult enough to know what is truth. When mother was asked that, is it true that good always triumphs? Satyamev Jayate is a beautiful commentary. It's there in collected works eleven. Since the first problem is everybody thinks that he is true. And whatever he is doing is good. And everything else is evil. So he laughs. He says, first of all, you should be clear. So, And yet Sri Aurobindo writes, book one, only for good the secret will, will can, can work. work. That's true. It uses all these things. Ultimately, because he has the last word. He is also hidden inside. No, So the bat- battle is inside. Man must overcome. This hidden foe lost in the human breast. Man must overcome or miss his higher fate. This is where we stand today. If we cannot overcome our fears, if we are attached to our mortality, our ignorance, and think this is all that I am capable of, this is all that life has to offer. If we are attached to our ideologies, our religions, our opinions, our Old ways of life. Well, miss the higher fate. And it may, you know, this is a very big warning and a caution. See, right now we don't understand its difference. Because we are all human beings, no? Lookalikes. Are what miss the higher fate? Imagine when man appeared before the monkeys and the ape. Suddenly the ape world was shaken. Who is this creature who can light the fire? This was to them a mystery. And walks like this, erect, and lights the fire. This was the biggest mystery. What is this? They were so afraid of this new thing. Imagine when out of man this new creation comes. There is a time till which this force works to help us take the leap. But there is a time when it it has done within time what had to be done, then it withdraws because now everything has to be reorganized, reshuffled. So suddenly there is a collapse of a whole section and then there is a new way of life. And imagine that state to be in. So Mrs. Higher Fate is not uh, just a simple thing. It's a caution, it's a warning, if you like. It's a reminder, constant reminder. So, man must overcome. What he must overcome? This hidden foe lost in the human breast. What does he do? He diverts the infallible word. It opens us to all these concealed hostility from forces which are around us. Man must overcome or miss his higher fate. This is the inner war without escape. What is important to remember is that in this war, what we have to do is to put ourselves deliberately on the side of the divine. There is grace. 
Then he describes the state of inner man, uh, inner life of man and outer life where it can be seized by these forces. Hells, companies are let loose. All that he describes when Savitri looks inside to see her soul. But at the end he says, but there is a guardian power. There are hands that save. Calm eyes divine regard the human scene. So the difference is very simple. We always want God to be on our side. But what we have to do is to put ourselves on the side of God. That's the important point. God to be on our side, well then he is on every side, he helps everybody. But to be, that's why the mother's message. Put yourself deliberately on the side of the divine. And that's a conscious choice. To put oneself deliberately on the side of the divine. And since we are in the anniversary 150th of Sri Aurobindo, and I think we have some time left. I'd like, yeah, to, read, yeah, I'd please, like to read please, a little bit. Please. Continuing on, this is about the avatar. And it is specifically, I feel, about Sri Aurobindo, because who else could have written it like that? Hard is the world redeemer's heavy task. The world itself becomes his adversary. Those he would save are his antagonists. This world is in love with its own ignorance. Its darkness turns away from the Savior light. It gives the cross in payment for the crown. His work is a trickle of splendor in a long night. He sees the long march of time, the little one. A few are saved. The rest strive on and fail. A sun has passed. On earth, <coughs> night's shadow falls. Yes, there are happy ways near to God's sun, but few are they who tread the sunlit path. Only the pure in soul can walk in light. Maybe you could yeah, say a few no, words. Wonderful on that. it is, wonderful it is. We'll just continue because it explains because, what is to be done. Yes. Only the pure in soul can walk in light. Purity is not what we understand. It's not moral, ethical, social ways of living. Mother explains purity. Purity is to be under the influence of the divine. So when Arjuna slays at Krishna's command, he is pure and stillness. One of the meaning of the word Arjuna is that. But if Arjuna had turned away, saying that no, what I am going to do is an immoral act. I must become another sannyasi. That would have been impure. And the mother specifically says that many things that people regard as purity, people regard, has no value from the divine point of view. So mother was asked later on, mother, what, what do you really mean? So she said a few things. 
One of them is especially this ascetic idea of purity. Rigidity is called purity. Getting up at a fixed time, I must take a bath, then only I must do this ritual, that ritual. I must always dress in this way. All this idea, it's an illusion that if you are doing all this, you are pure as if divine can be fooled. What's happening inside us? Then of course he said a few more things. (laughs) One of them was, for instance, this belief in the sanctity of marriage. Divine has broken it. This idea. That's why she spoke in Auroville context. So there are many ideas which we call as purity from a moral standpoint have no meaning from the divine standpoint. Sometimes they are big hurdles precisely because we are bound to a rigid formation from the past. Of course, if you can live it, it's wonderful. That's why very beautifully, Nalnida, you know, when he speaks of chastity, he says it's an inner quality. If you look into the inner being of man, it's filth. It's not about outwardly what you are, you know, doing and what you are not doing. So, purity is to act under the divine impulsion. It's extremely difficult. It needs really a complete surrender, tremendous sincerity. So, Shurabindu is saying, I know that there are only few people who can do like that. And, in fact, there is one of uh, his letters where he says, even the strongest person, Sadak, cannot walk this way. So, what, what is to be done? He says he has to lean on grace. So, in sunlit path, if you observe, read what is written, sunlit path is not as you are doing the right things on your checklist. Sunlit path is where you lean completely on the grace. If you read through Shubhindu's letters on the sunlit path, he says that difficulties will come. It's not a fable. He doesn't believe in the, you know, mystics who believe in the dark night of the soul and all that. He says it means you walk leaning upon the grace. That's what in Savitri also. In thy hard passage through a suffering world, lean for thy soul's support. On heaven's strength, turn towards high truth, aspire to love and peace. So this is where then she carries us. And another letter where he says, strength is remarkable. Strength, because somebody has asked him, Ki, I don't have strength, I don't have sincerity. What do I do? Is there hope for someone like me? This is not the letter, but the purpose is same when you read through the answer. He says, strength, if it is spiritual, mind you, not moral, not mental, not vital. Strength, if it is spiritual, is a great power. A greater power is sincerity. (laughs) But the greatest of all is grace. And then he says, Have I not uh, reminded you a number of times about the words in the Gita? What is that verse in the Gita? Sarv dharman paritya jamamikam sharnam raja. That's what he says. Abandon yourself to me and I will deliver thee from all sin and evil. So this is the requirement. So he says, escape cannot uplift the abandoned race. So people knew this difficulty. So what they would do? Sannyasi would withdraw from the world. He would withdraw from life. He will go into his own shell, shut himself inside. Says that is not the path. So what is the path? 
a greater power must come. Escape cannot. Okay, I'll just read that. Yeah. An exit is shown, a road of hard escape from the sorrow and the darkness and the chain. But how shall a few escape release the world? So the escape paths are that you shut yourself, withdraw yourself, and just do some bhajan kirtan or. Uh, you know, inside Nam Jap and Mala and, you know, you don't engage with the world because the moment you engage, um, there is the danger. Escape, however high. The human mass lingers beneath the yoke. Escape, however high, redeems not life. Life that is left behind on a fallen earth. Escape cannot uplift the abandoned race or bring to it victory and the reign of God. A greater power must come, a larger light. This is the way to open to the greater power. And what that greater power is? Mother. No way one can do it by one's own effort. Although light grows on earth and night recedes, yet till the evil is slain in its own home, it's not like staying away from that in a beautiful corner of one's own being, in the psychic being. One entered, one doesn't want to enter, not that you have to say, okay, I want to enter into the den of the beast, but you will be in the course of sadhana, one will encounter this shadow right where it's strongest. But here he tells us very clearly, light grows on earth and night recedes and it is receding. Yes. Yet till the evil is slain in its own home and light invades the world's inconscient peace and perished has the adversary force, he still must labor on. His work half done. Let us take a few moments of silence, concentration for the new year and the blessings of Sri Aurobindo and Mother on each of you, their guidance, their protection, and the pouring of their grace on your souls. Namaste. Namaste. And thank you, Alok. Thank you. For all your wisdom and your help and your always positive attitude. All grace. Thank you.